Welcome to another episode of Discussing Documentaries, where myself and Rick dissect a documentary we've seen. And this this one is Team Foxcatcher 2016, and it's been made by Netflix and is available, would you believe it, on Netflix. Directed by John Greenhull and the Accolades Emmy nominee 2017 for the most outstanding historical documentary, the Critics' Choice Documentary Award nominee for the best first documentary and a Golden Reel Award nominee for the best sound editing. That's not bad, man. So, and this is the description from IMDb. This documentary focuses exclusively on John DuPont, Dave Schultz and the events surrounding the rise and fall of Team Foxcatcher. Full of breathtaking archival footage of DuPont, Schultz, the team and their families filming themselves on the DuPont training farm or giving promotional media interviews. The film offers a unique opportunity to see what really happened. Now, I have a rough idea about this one, right? Because I've I've actually already seen the film with Steve Carell, Mark Ruffalo and Channing Tatum. It involves the sport of wrestling and it's clearly picked by Rick. But it's not a sports documentary, though. This one is true crime. So this is Rick's sweet spot, true crime and wrestling. Rick, I'm guessing you love this one. I really enjoyed it. Um, This is... (laughs) No shit. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things in here that I'm a big, big old fan of for a documentary. But um, it's it's one of those ones where if that happened in this country, we would all know it. We would know inside out that story because it's such a fascinating story. But since it's America and since it's a sport from America that definitely doesn't come over here, we just haven't heard this like grandiose tale. And I I never saw the movie. Um, I know it won a whole bunch. And it's a star-studded cast. So when I sat down and watched this... Have have you still... Hang on. Have you still not seen the movie? No, no. Not seen it. I will check it, but I, I like the documentary. Oh, mate, we should press pause right now and go watch the movie. I think without our timekeeping, we should just keep going <laughs> <laughs> with what's happening. Wait, what's this our shit? What's Because, I mean, thank you so much for listening, but you don't understand how difficult it is to try and get Matt to do work on this thing. <laughs> I am work shy. <laughs> and, and the minute that... The minute the sun comes out, I tell you what, I'm in my hammock. I was in my hammock this morning, so, so uh, that's we've quite got nice. them. But I was reading about John Dupont. We've got the man here, so let's let's get let's get the best out of him while we can. Because <laughs> I see him; he's already waiting for a break from recording. <laughs> but yeah, this documentary it was it was a real um, shot in the dark. I had no expectations for it. The only reason I watched it is because I knew they'd made a Hollywood movie, so I assumed something cool had happened. Cool is probably the wrong word. But what what dragged you to this documentary then? So what what did you why did you go? Oh, I'm going to watch uh, that. Prolonged unemployment. <laughs> I think I'd done the rest of Netflix by this point. I saw it about four or five years ago. But yeah, as soon as I saw it, I, it was quickly recommended round. It's it's just a really good story with with good footage, well put together. Yeah, obviously I know the story because I've seen the film. But in the documentary, they just so you know, we're going to spoil the documentary, right? The the, the ending and probably um, the film although, as well as a double yeah. whammy. And the reason the documentary is good is because you don't really find out what's happening until you've associated with all the people. Yeah, and you're sort of in, and it it doesn't kind of release it. You know the the bad bit of it until like it's about forty forty five minutes. No, it's about an hour in, and then it goes whoa, and you're like whoa whoa whoa. This is this is going dark. Oh, it's going really dark. Oh Christ, it's going really dark. It got proper scary. Yeah, it, but uh, they do do some foreshadowing in the opening scene because they show you driving up. Yes, like the beautiful like uh, John Dupont, uh, like what's the uh, blue blood aristocrat? How would you refer to that kind of rich? Well, American. well, they're from French. They're from French descent. They set up the Dupont Company, right? The Dupont Company is it's one of the world's largest producers of chemicals and science-based products. So, for instance, they made Teflon. Right. Just to give you an, a, a really weird connection here. So, Mark Ruffalo is in the film, yep. and he plays he plays Dave Schultz, right? Because he Mark Ruffalo does he looks a little bit like Dave Schultz, and Mark Ruffalo is also in a film that recently came out called Dark Waters where he plays 
a lawyer who goes after a chemical-based company who poisoned the local water and gave everyone like some horrible diseases. That company is DuPont. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so yeah, Mark Ruffalo's having a weird connection bringing down the DuPont name. But uh, so, yeah, so again, so super rich, like just wealth coming out mm. of the yin yang, and they're driving along, and then it cuts to, uh, and I love when they have this kind of footage. The police negotiating with, I mean, John DuPont's house looks like the White House. It yeah. is huge. So they're outside uh, across uh, like a blockade and they've got the police negotiator or FBI negotiator on the phone with, with who you don't know who's on the phone with if you don't know the story. That's right. He's just some guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He's just and, some and guy. And he's saying things like, I'm in charge here. I make the decisions. And the police are very yeah. respectful of that. Okay, which is sir. a huge point <laughs> which comes over it. Uh, and again, like uh, whenever you fight, get footage like that in the documentary, it always bumps it up for me a little bit. Cause... Absolutely. It was a great opening two minutes. So, so um, then it starts to tell us who John DuPont is. Now, well, just that, that conversation, the policeman actually says to the guy, we need to talk about the person who was killed on your estate. <laughs> and the guy says, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, he says, I've got some diplomatic papers oh, to file okay. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very busy. Can we talk about it another time? It's not. It's not. It's not a good time for me now. <laughs> now, so if you haven't watched the documentary, we can probably just get the gist from what we're saying. But uh, this one is worth seeing because to describe mm. who John Dupont is as accurately as I can would be Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Brilliant. I had to look up when Mr. Burns's first appearance on the on The Simpsons was just to see if those two match because there is it could be his origin story it really could be like just he is just yes. mr burns that, that that's exactly what he is but he was he had he had an isolated childhood and what he did he see through his philanthropy into sports and then the sport mm. that he like so he had all the decathlon all the olympians and things he would help out with funding and facilities but yep. the pro american and uh, the amateur wrestling side of it um, they were explaining how in Russia you can make a job of it and you can stay in the sport longer and get better, whereas there is a definite... Thanks to communism. Yeah, there is a definite cap on, and probably steroids, if you see a few Russian documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus wept. There was, there was a semi-final or quarter-final in the World Cup a few years back and it was like the 118th minute. And I'm watching it for a minute, I was like, there's no way these guys are passing a piss test. Like, if you, these Russian players that don't get in the championship go back for a six-week training camp in Russia before the World Cup, all of a sudden they are running teams off the park for 120 minutes. And they did. They filled the uh, the drugstores. What was it? How did you know they were on steroids? We found we found hair under their testicles. That's not unusual. It is on a woman. <laughs> right, so just to give you some background. Um, so the documentary focuses around John Luther Dupont. What a great middle name. Um, I'm not going to have children, but if I did have children, I'm going to give one of them little shits that name, Eluther. And it focuses on John Eluther and Dave Schultz and Dave Schultz's wife, Nancy, and all the other wrestlers. Now, ju just, to, just to clarify, it's not wrestling like WWF wrestling. It's Olympic wrestling. I've now got a renowned respect for wrestlers. So I, I say this in the way that most people who don't respect wrestling may get it. It's it's proper wrestling oh. in terms of you're, you're grappling with someone and you have to hold them down. It's not it's not staged. It's not show business. It's wrestling. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's just the sport. It's not the sport entertainment. What I, I worry that you have this opinion that wrestling fans are going to kick off <laughs> that you are saying that it's not real. Well, only because I held them in such low regard <laughs> up until you introduced me and educated me. Has your so, um, T-shirt arrived yet? No, not yet. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to chase that up. So basically, so yeah, so uh, one, one, one of the <laughs> one, one of the um, boards, like like I said, so he, he focuses in on amateur wrestling and one of the best. So he mm. gets all the best athletes and. I think the world champion at the time or in around the conversation, the best in the world, he also gets to team yeah. Foxcatcher, which is, again, on his ranch, on his massive land, he gets all the best wrestlers in the world to move in so they can train mm. and survive and get better yeah. at the sport. Because he wants USA 
to clean up at the Olympics and beat the Russians. Now, they, they call his estate the farm, and it's a thousand acre estate. So I got the clever guy of the podcast. I got I got my mate Hoops to um, check out a thousand acre estate, how big it is. Now, they've had the home in Pennsylvania for 75 years, right? And that's where Team Foxcatcher were based. So a thousand acre estate, Rick, is about the, it's slightly bigger than the size of the city of London. Wow. So that's that's London within London, right, right, right. right. So to give you give you an idea, um, that's kind of from Holborn Tube down to Liverpool Street, which is about a ten minute bus ride. That's how big his estate was, and th- that's a bus ride, not in traffic. That's just the bus going. It's a that's a fair old chunk of, of it's land. It's funny how I process what he just said because I was like, wow, that's like twenty four steps on the Monopoly board right there. He's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's down, you know, down by Alban Tube next to the Jilly Deal stand. Yeah, if, if you fucking go there as the crow flies, I swear to God. Yeah. Chuck a left, son, you'll that, be all that. right. Um, the whole way of watching this, right, this documentary, in the very beginning, before it started getting very, quite scary, have you ever seen Family Guy, where he's at the, I think he's at a baseball game, and he's, he's a back scratcher seller. Back scratcher! Yeah, yeah. Back scratcher! That's all that keep popping into my head because of the words fox catcher. Uh, <laughs> what's it? Me, me beagle came and sat with us for this one. and uh, Oh, wow. And I think he was misled by the title. Because <laughs> I, I had a similar experience. There's no fucking foxes yeah, in this. I had a this. similar experience. when I, I, I really liked the comedy Kingpin as a kid. So when I saw Bowling for Columbine and Blockbuster, I rented that out. <laughs> He's like an eleven-year-old, and just—I I think it's. <laughs> so I, I, I'm there watching the, the Columbine shooting thing, and well, this isn't as good as the Bill Murray movie, but I'll give it a. <laughs> when does Woody Harrelson pop up? So, so it's his name is David Leslie Schultz. I'll give you an idea of how successful this guy. Right in 1983, he was the world champion. In 1984, he was the Olympic champion and he was the seven, seven time national champion. And this is the great quote. Dave is a genius freak when it comes to wrestling. He loved wrestling so much that the Russians were so good at wrestling. Bear in mind, they only started in the 50s, right? That he learned to speak Russian so he could understand what the Russian coaches were telling their people so he could learn from them. That that's a level of commitment I I'll haven't. Tell you got. the thing I loved. All right, I loved how because you'll walk like a decrepit little, like a decrepit man, and shuffle along like a he, hip- like Mr. Burns. He walked yeah. like Mr. Burns. Yeah, he he literally, and he well undersold like his athleticism. And then when he got on, and then when yeah. he just, it looks brutal. It looks like a broken neck every time you see them or, or, yeah. on the mat. Um, when they're grappling, I tell you, they've got footage of like the wrestlers hanging out on the farm and talking to the horses. And meathead crack is always the worst. <laughs> they, there, there is not a zinger in hours of footage. Do you know what I mean? It's just, hey, isn't this cool? Is <laughs> they walking around with that shoulder muscle that comes up like a dinosaur? And if you've got traps, you've got no crack. And, and anyone that I've ever seen, like, it's just like. <laughs> Just the worst crack, but they seem like good people, and the situation they in becomes increasingly more weird. So he adds all the best wrestlers. He also adds uh, Valentino. What's the, the Bulgarian? Yeah, Valentin Jordanov. He's the Bulgarian. He's the Bulgarian national he's the champion. Bulgarian national champion. And and one of the one of the world's best wrestlers as yeah, well. And he's interviewed throughout, and he he now looks like a young yeah. Peter Beardsley. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all it's all lovely. It's all it's all lovely on the farm, <laughs> and uh, it's all lovely on the farm because basically he's given um, these wrestlers who'd have to go out and get proper jobs to support their families. Uh, John Dupont is giving these wrestlers a stipend, yeah. right? To um, to so they can get good, so they don't have to go and get jobs, so they can beat Russia. That's all he wants to do. He wants to beat Russia, and he wants to promote wrestling. John Dupont loved wrestling. And, uh, I'd say even nearly as much as you. Oh Rick. God, no! I I don't think I'm quite on Dupont's level. If I move 19 meatheads into my basement so they can practice, that's when, that's when I'm on Dupont's level. But the <laughs> families that talk because they're living like kings compared to what they were. They would have to be PE teachers and stuff to make. God, yeah. And they refer to it as a sports utopia. But that's when you realise they're playing that floaty music in the background. 
And the, and the mm. words kind of sink off. So you go, well, something bad is going to happen very soon. And that's when we have our first sit-down footage of John DuPont talking. And yeah. he's in the car. And he yells, kill, kill, kill. And you're like, whew. <laughs> this guy does not this, this mm. guy does not pop on camera. <laughs> but he's got a... Um, when I was looking at him, and this is the... I, I don't know if you know this, but... If you ever if you ever see me around my house, right, Rick, I'll um, me and my sister always do this, and I think my dad does it as well. If we see a mirror, we stop and look at ourselves constantly. So, <laughs> and I do that just constantly, right? We're always looking at ourselves. So I've got a rough idea of what I'm like in profile and everything, right? And basically, I was looking at this John Dupont, going, "God, he looks familiar. <laughs> Who does he look like?" <laughs> and then when he turned, and you saw his nose. Now his Derek is a lot bigger than mine, but yeah, my nose is is fairly Dupontish. Uh, he's got like a big French classic nose. He would be a Norman, <laughs> wouldn't he? That would be uh, if he was, you know, back in the sort of fourteen hundreds. It's a, it's the Mister Burns nose is what he's got. It, it, yeah, it's looks like you could smoke in the shower. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't do your cocaine with him, would you? He'd, uh, he'd hoover it. Well, all I think up. that becomes a problem very quickly throughout the documentary. Well, d- did you notice um, when they first interviewed Dave Schultz? Did you like Dave Schultz? Because nobody disliked no, Dave no Schultz. No one can. He just came across as such a. Yeah, he was such a He's dude. Lovely, wasn't he? and he just roll you up into a ball. You couldn't do anything if he had, like. So the fact that someone yeah. of that power, speed, technique is a nice person is re- almost reassuring. Yeah. And he just loved the sport. Yeah, he wasn't a big lad, right? And everybody. I loved thought Dave you'd Schultz, really right? identify with Valentino because he was like four foot three, and he's chucking people about the place. Like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, because they they refer to Valentino as a uh, as a little yeah. guy, and he went, and it was really shocked me. He was a little guy, but he picked me up. Yeah, yeah, we have muscles, you know, in little people. <laughs> we. Can... <laughs> what do you? What do you think? It's the way they look at little people. The whole planet is looking at my people like they're just little wimps. No. I, I really want you. This is why we're so I angry. I want you to start a political movement, Matt. Because I think you got the, I think you got the advent to get it done. I think you got the advent to get it done. I really do. You, well, you're the creative on this one. So I'd, you just give me the good hashtag and I'm away. That's oh, all mate. I need. We are um, going to hit some brick walls when social media becomes a factor. <laughs> When we when we get negative comments on episode one and realise that we've got nineteen in the can before we can adjust to any of the feedback. <laughs> so all of these wrestlers, they all live on the farm, right? So he he builds them houses. They all live on his estate. It's also the eccentricity of Dupont because if you see his jacket, he's written head coach. Yeah, and what's he referred to as? What's what's the name they give him? Oh. Did you notice that? He, he's called Eagle. Yeah, which if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what uh, the Secret Service guys refer to the president as. Right, yeah, yeah. So, um, or is that his helicopter? Anyway, right. He's basically, he's he's got a, he, he, you can tell he has got a bit of an ego problem, right? Just a little, it's not huge, but it's, it's, it's enough. And bear in mind, he's in the top 400 richest people in America. Now this is in nineteen. It's about ninety four, isn't it? When he's when he's doing all of this, and then it's a, it's the sorry, it's the early nineties. So um, yeah, he's he was I'll loaded. Tell you, this because what's coming up next is uh, really funny. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of the documentary. So Dupont loves wrestling so much they invent tournaments for him of the yep. over masters. masters, the over seventies amateur wrestling mm. and then they got like former world champions and pit and they've got the footage of this and they pay them off so that DuPont can win and honestly it's it really does because of yep. all the footage and you're watching the very world's best of amateur wrestling the one that's fixed and entertained is by far the best isn't it you can't remember what happened in any of those footages you was watched in that documentary last night but you remember John DuPont thinking he just beat a world champion god yeah when he's getting fanned, when he's sitting there and he's like, and they're fanning him with a tail. And Dave Schultz really liked well, John Dupont. This is where right? I really saw a bit of me and you in this, right? Because there was they were interviewing different <laughs> different of the wrestlers. And Dave Schultz had that Matt Wills attitude of, I, I look at him <laughs> like a friend in one of the athletes. 
And then I saw there was another one, and it would have been like my answer was, Meh, he makes us work Mondays. <laughs> 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 Which I really see where my. Yeah, but he gives you a free house. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He gives us a free house, and we live like kings. But I mean, up at eight on the morning on a Tuesday, this. <laughs> it's barbaric, man. It's fucking barbaric. <laughs> when, when will this madness stop? <laughs> He's doing everything I want to happen myself. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I tell you, so I, I didn't mind the look of him. We looked a bit. He looked a bit pasty. The minute I knew he was dodgy was when when uh, when we looked at John Dupont, and he didn't have a top lip. Now you know who else hasn't got a top lip, don't you? Alan Pardew has he not? And Alan, pa- no, he hasn't. And Alan Pardew is as dodgy as it gets, like around people's wives and stuff. Oh, aye, so, that's um, why he got sacked from Southampton, like in Division Two. Yeah, and he's uh, yeah, and although fair play to him, he got West Ham to an FA Cup final. So uh, fair play, we lost to Liverpool. Well done, Stephen Gerrard. That's the only time I'm going to praise Stephen Gerrard. You're right there. Do you need a minute? <laughs> I do actually. That was such a sad day. That was. Uh, Oh, that was such a fucking harsh day, man. There was a bit where we were cheering in the pub and we were kissing one another. I was in the East End. It was fucking awesome. It was one of the best days of my life till fucking Stephen Gerrard come along. How far from Holborn Tube Station was that, though? (laughs) (laughs) It's nine stops, actually. Do you know what? We just, we just did four-year plan the other day. I can imagine Flavio being a bit John Dupont. Uh, you reckon? I reckon he could be a bit crazier. If he wasn't in a different sport, he could be a bit John Dupont-ish. Oh, but then this is... So next up, so we're starting to learn Dupont's influence on the area. So you start to discover that the, wow. the, sergeant, yeah. the sergeant of the police lived on the estate. Yep. He left the police firearm training. He has paid one dollar. <laughs> he d- he- <laughs> and, and you're starting to realise why this guy can talk to the police the way he does in the opening scene. Do you know what I mean? Because they they loved yeah. it. They uh, they he got paid one dollar a year to be a reserve officer. Yep. He goes on hunting trips with the police. They're allowed to use his helicopter. Yep. Yep. And then he used to do some weird stuff. Now this is American, and and all the kind of. The people who flip out about flags are not normally the people you want to argue with, which That's in America, right. Absolutely. America does that whole Pledge of Allegiance thing in the morning before school, which indoctrination which is, That's all is it about is. as North Korea as it fucking gets. Yeah, absolutely. He flies the Foxcatcher flag higher than the American flag because, and the quote was, he is the ultimate authority. Yeah. Yeah, it's and again, little weird things like that he's doing intentionally. And then when you see the unraveling of Dupont, so uh, when they go, yeah, he would, because uh, basically the whole documentary is made up of video footage. Um, it was it was almost the same way that we all have uh, smartphones now with cameras. It seems like everyone had a bloody video camera back then, and they were videoing everything. So John Dupont, when you see him unraveling, he videos the woods for hours and then he watches it back and then he gets some of the wrestlers in to go can you see what's going on in the woods because he's his paranoia is starting paranoia is going through the roof yeah like he but also he would trick them because you always felt Mm. like there was an interview when he says i don't know if they're here because i pay them or because they're my friends and it's like they're there because you pay them that's that's exactly absolutely but he would get them at one side and he would try and trick them so be like do you see those deer over there? That's men dressed up as deer. And if you're one of the wrestlers, like, yeah, John, it totally is. He'd be like, no, it isn't. Why are you lying to me? Yeah. Why would I believe that? So paranoid. And then he would get, like, yeah, he'd start to flip out. Just socially, he wasn't very good because one of the wrestlers said, uh, you know, he's helping us to become wrestlers and we're helping him to be more social because he was just so, they, they said he, he ate alone in his room as a child until the age of 14. Oh, i got to be honest. That's not healthy, they, is they it? They tried their best to make you feel sorry for the richest man in the area. They really did. Oh, <laughs> do you know his maid had to bring him his food in his swimming pool? <laughs> He's And he was so obsessed. When you have that kind of isolation, it's just not fair. Right, oh, get fucked. All right, like... <laughs> And and you know me, Rick. I love a millionaire. I'll always get on a millionaire's oh, an side. Oh, eccentric right? millionaire! But yeah. I, it, 
and he was eccentric. He was probably, he's the sort of fucking idiot that I'd have as a friend, right? I would have liked him. But no, he was too weird, even for me. He, he obsessed so much over Valentin, the Bulgarian guy, that he sponsored the Bulgarian wrestling team. And claimed he was Bulgarian. Yeah, he claimed he was Bulgarian. And one of the wrestlers went, John, you're from French stock, mate. <laughs> Dupont. You couldn't get more French. And if you've seen your nose, look sideways. Do you know what? It is it, it is one of the most progressive things of the documentary, though, because he does say, I identify as Bulgarian. <laughs> he did, didn't he? There was a bit in it where he says, uh, he goes, you know, I am I am Jesus. And you're like, okay, well, that's a standard paranoid, you know, schizophrenic type thing. Um, and he then says, I am the Dalai Lama. Well, you can't be the Dalai Lama, John. Because the Dalai Lama's still alive. You can't be a person who's alive. That's how much he was unravelling. Do, do you know when the Dalai Lama speaks? Right? I went to listen to him speak in uh, Durham Salah. And we missed it by about three hours. And basically I said, oh, what was it like? And one bloke I was drinking with went, he sounds like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 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 and I've, I've since looked at video he does he sounds like Scooby-Doo that's exactly what he sounds what? like to see him walk out slowly with all the garb and like everyone listening if he had Johnny Wardlow's voice that would be my favourite thing <laughs> on the fucking planet comedian Johnny Lo- Johnny Wardlow we gig with check out some of his clips on YouTube he has one of the funny man one of the best voices I've ever heard uh, but then you see John John DuPont in the car and uh, he, very quickly because Dave Schultz and I think Valentino are having a joke in the back seats and you can tell he yeah. doesn't like not being in on the in joke because he, he turns around and he just says fuck the world kill them all <laughs> and again they're just in the back laughing because he's just a rich geriatric that's paying for everything they don't realise what's yeah. what's really about to happen yeah, and what's going so, on in his head? Because he he gets so paranoid, he hires a security firm because he thinks there's tunnels into the houses. Yeah, uh, and the f- security firm, and I kind of in, in much the same. You know, when I said uh, when we watched the Kurt Cobain documentary together, mm-hmm. because of that Jack the Ripper tour I did, I start trying to solve everything myself. In this whole story, it was at that point I know why John Dupont unravelled so much. It's because the security firm indulged him. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Because so he was going crazy and he was starting to accuse wrestlers of doing weird stuff. So he he said that Dave Schultz could control the weather, had tunnels. He thought he was in the walls. And then, but when they get stuck going to, so you'd go, not just the security team, but then they would get the police in. He said, they've been digging tunnels to get into my house. The police, Mm. because they love being on the fucking Foxcatcher ranch and having barbecues. You see them just taking days to dig up these lands and go, well, let's yeah. let's see if there's a tunnel. Can you imagine how many crimes they missed in the area while they're all yeah. just there, like, sunning themselves, playing on the gun range? Yeah, let's indulge the rich guy. Because he had rich guy privilege. So, so much so. What about when he goes insane over the colour black? Oh, that is... Like, so, yeah, you won't have the colour black anywhere, which gets even bleaker when so what what does he do before he does the awful thing with the color black you can't have a black car yeah so robbie had like an expensive like lincoln that was black had to get rid of that uh there was a black van they needed to get rid of um, black t-shirts you're not allowed to wear black clothing yeah yeah and then it escalates which uh, i think you can probably tell where this is going he gets rid of all of the black wrestlers including Mm. the olympic champion and, yeah. and this is, a, again, a reoccurring theme for this because it's such a difficult place for the wrestlers to be. And they're like, that should have been a warning. But yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to go back and be a postman and try and do this. Yeah, but he's got rich person's privilege, right? So they indulged him. Yep. And no no one's, no one called him out on his bullshit. That's the and problem. And footage here. of him firing Uzi out of his back door with like impunity. like Yeah. Well, then when he then pulls a gun, right? This is... He goes to the gym one day and he pulls a gun on one of the wrestlers called Dan Chain. Oh, just quickly, let's back um, up on that story just a sec. Because he says, Dan, because you'll just decide that person's bad, they need to leave. So yes, he yeah, turns yeah. up to Dan and he basically rings him up and says, you need to get off the property. And he's just like, he decides that this Dan, what was Dan's surname? Da- Dan Shade. Dan Shade is, uh, he's bad. He's got bad juju, something around him. He's got- <laughs> like whatever, whatever John Dupont, whatever it is, that's yeah, it. yeah, he's got a black pair of socks, 
So this guy's living there, training, like living with like his whole life is on this farm. He gets his attorney to get in touch with him to see you leaving. Now, again, he's a cheeky meathead. He's not going anywhere because he's like, what's he going to no. do? So then John DePont gets a U-Haul truck and parks it outside of his house. <laughs> <laughs> Take the hint, Gator. And you can see him walking around. And then he burns down the house next to his. The house next as a door, warning. yeah, yeah. And then the next day he shows up, comes in with a gun. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That's exactly. And, and what happened. then you have the then the, the best part is you have the recording of the phone call between Dave and the police, and mm. uh, the police officer literally goes, "But John's always been a little different," and then laughs and then doesn't do anything about it. He's been threatened with an Uzi, but yeah. John's eccentric. I'm not fucking up the summer barbecue. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the the police are like, "Well, he's always been a little bit weird," but even USA Wrestling, right? So Dan Chade contacts usa wrestling doesn't just contact them he flies out there to speak to them face to face and he tells them dupont's losing the plot man he pulled a gun on me and usa wrestling said well when that gun was pulled we thought maybe maybe this is more than eccentric behavior so they had a they had a conference call with dupont over this right and dave schultz was on the line and dave schultz said look I've got my family and my kids here with me. And if I thought they were in danger from John DuPont, I'd pack up and I'd leave. And that convinced USA Wrestling that DuPont was okay. I think they were looking and for And that's just the reason. saddest. Of course they were, right? Because he's rich and he's funding wrestling. Even since then, and it's, it's went bust. It's been taken away from the Olympics, I think, or they try to withdraw wrestling from the Olympics. Oh, what? Not over because of the DuPont. Not because thing. of the DuPonts, but the lack of funding and interest in, in the sport. But... Oh, okay. One of the one of the cultural differences between then and now is those guys would all go into UFC. The wrestlers are the most the the best athletes and basically have the least to learn to get great at UFC if if you're an amateur wrestler. Right. Okay. And UFC is the ultimate. Yeah. Fight yeah. Mix, mixed mixed martial arts. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Dupont at this stage, he's not slowly unraveling. He's right? done. He's do lolly tap. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that expression. He is, as you say, a doolally tat. Yeah. And so he comes up to Dave's Dave's house with a gun. Oh, and one of the problems, right? So this guy finally leaves. That uh, That Dan Dan Shade leaves, but he leaves the truck outside Dave's house. And I think that is one of the things that made it think those two were in it together. What have they spoken about? Yeah. And what color was the truck? Oh, it was a black. But it was a black truck, right? And John DuPont thinks black is death. And he's so paranoid about the color black. Yeah, he thought Dan and um, he thought Dan and Dave Schultz were in it. And bear in mind, everybody loved Dave, even John Dupont. Right? When, when you were with Dave, you kind of got the feeling you were mates. Yeah, right? you were mates for you life, and you'd like know you one another friend. for life. Yeah, yeah, right. And he just made you feel loved, and that was, you know, that as he said, that is, that is a unique gift to have. So Dupont goes to Dave Schultz's house now, drunk with a gun, sh- a mm. shotgun. Look, mm. looking for this uh, this Dan. Uh, but Dave said, look, he's not here. You can't come in my house like that. He then falls over and cuts his head because he's so drunk. Yeah. Uh, and he phoned the police. And Dave Schultz then had to tell the police he wasn't assaulted by whatever fictitious story he, like, the pond came up That's with the right. police. Which, again, just another check in the column of who's next on, on the ranch to go. Yeah. And this, you're being you're being told this by Dave Schultz's wife Nancy, and she's telling you this. And again, she seems she seems the exact sort of woman who would be married to Dave, right? Dave Schultz, the loveliest guy on the planet, married to the loveliest woman on the planet. It was just it was it was it was just so nice. It was just it just came across from these little home movies that you you kept kept getting and when because DuPont fell over he cut himself they got the like Nancy got the uh, the doctor to stitch him up that's when they should have had him committed they should have had him sectioned then right because the guy is clearly sick but again because he's rich no one's saying anything because they don't want to cut off the they're like oh if we if we put him away our lifestyle might stop and you don't want to you don't want to kill the golden cow, right? Yeah, and at this point in the documentary, since I hadn't seen the movie or, or was aware of the story, I'd kind of pieced together there's someone missing from these interviews, and Dave Schultz has been in a single fucking one of them. 
So I got, I've got to have yeah. a bad feeling of what's about to happen to Dave. But they tell a weird story about Dave. So a guy says that, uh, oh, he came to training one morning and he had kids written on his head and on his yep. hand. And so he didn't forget to pick up the kids from school. And then he gets emotional. The, that was the, the last thing he ever said to him. Yeah, and he starts crying, doesn't he? It's it's just so... Because then, you get, basically... You get the security guard side of the story who was there for the whole thing. Yeah, so his head of security basically said, so me and John, there was a storm, and John said, let's drive around the property to check out the damage. And then they drive over to Dave's house on the farm, and Dave Schultz sees them. He walks out of his house... DuPont just pulls a gun out and he shoots him three times. It was brutal. And the, the way he just delivers that monologue, and this is the guy who was sat next to DuPont, just like, well, he jumps out the car. DuPont jumps into the driving seat and drives off and barricades himself. And then you hear the phone call, right, of Dave's wife, Nancy, speaking to the emergency service. Again, amazing that they got that recording. Oh, because you hear the yeah. police, and the, you go, someone's been shot on a DuPont farm. Yeah, John DuPont did it. And they go, ah, fuck. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, oh, no, not that. That's No, that's going to fuck things up for everybody. to fly the helicopter next month. Are you sure it was him? Yeah. The, and then th- this is what hit me, right? So Nancy, Nancy Schultz is there, and this is the heartbreaking bit. I looked at Dave. He took a breath. I gave him a kiss on the forehead and I told him I loved him and then he died right there. Oh, mate, at that point, I'm reaching for the Kleenex because I love Dave. (laughs) He was just a lovely fella. I'd never even met him. When Dave was kicking around, I was getting drunk. He was born in 59. So, you know, he's, what, 11, 12 years older than me. I wouldn't have. But he just seems such an affable, lovely guy. Everyone loved him. Yeah. It was. It broke my heart. I genuinely, I was, I was gutted. And my missus walked in and she went, "What's up with you?" And I went, "Dave's just died." She's like, "Oh my god, who's Dave?" And the guy in the documentary. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, you're an idiot. Will you just stop watching?" T- Did Rick pick this? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come back to that. I forget how fucking. Which you, you're easily influenced by. <laughs> yeah. My empathy levels are so high. Well, I'm going to uh, buy a football club. I'm starting a singing career. Um, I'm becoming a wrestler. And to be honest, I'm going to find out what happened to Kurt Cobain and then go and live with bears. What have you done with this one? What the fuck have you done? <laughs> yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, I wasn't happy for a while with you there, Rick, because... Uh, even though I knew it was, I knew it was coming, right? Because I'd seen the film. Yeah. So, so then this is another high point of the documentary, where it's the police siege of Dupont Farm. Yeah. So now you have all the police there. The guns are on the house, but they're not going in to go and get the old man. There. Now, if this was, if this happened at the Wharton household, right? They would have kicked your door down as soon as she put the phone down. Similar, right, similar to the time old in history, I think. If you look at what happened at Waco, <laughs> it's exactly what would happen. Yeah. We're going in with Bradley Tanks. Just go, just flatten everything. But no, because they're all wearing vests, carrying guns, everything paid for by DuPont. So, they, yeah. so they're one of the best. Uh, so the negotiations, brilliant. Oh. God. And, the, yeah, and yeah. then they have a press conference and getting this copper caught on the foot having to answer questions about how they conducted themselves. Again, just a brilliant highlight. It's, it's just like, um, why did you let him go to sleep? <laughs> so he basically on the phone goes, I'm going to sleep now. We'll talk again in the morning. And then they don't storm the house and arrest him. They just let him sleep. Yeah. They said, okay, John. And at that press conference, they said to the lieutenant, why did you allow him to go to sleep? And his answer was, I wish I had a better answer than, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing they could try and say is... What? what do you mean, I don't know is your answer? You're the idiot who said it. I know, and the, 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 the only excuse to go, well, he's got a vault room that you can't get into, so he yeah. might have went into that, but he's on the phone in the window. Um, yeah. The standoff and the siege uh, actually lasted for f- over 50 hours. So fif- And they got him out eventually by turning off the electricity. Uh, the heating. And he went, oh, the heating's gone off. I'm getting cold. And they went, okay. 
And he went, I'm going to step outside to, you're not going to do anything naughty, are you? I'm going to step outside and fix it myself. And they went, yeah, you do that, Johnny boy. You do that. No, we won't do anything. I'll tell bad. you what, John, don't don't take a gun with you to uh, to, to put the, the generator back on. And he went, I won't, but I'll be wearing my Bulgarian colours. Yeah. And then the best part. Completely unraveled. So a guy jumps out of a bush, tackles him. And you know yeah. what? The over 70s Masters wrestling champion. <laughs> he was down. He was down. Yeah. He, he had the technique all of a sudden was different when someone was trying. <laughs> that shock. When they're not paid that off. That shock in his face would have been just magnificent to catch when he, he starts to go and try and do that little <laughs> twist they do on their neck and flip around who's on top. Because you know, you know he thinks he can do that. They show footage of him talking to Dave Schultz about how he should attack an opponent. You're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what makes winners? I'll tell you what makes winners is a desire to succeed. You've got to have the animal instinct. It's like me trying to tell Johan Cruyff how to change direction quickly with the ball. (laughs) (laughs) So then it cuts. So they basically, they arrest, they arrest DuPont. Uh, He's he's taken away. And and then it cuts to, and by now I'm in pieces, right? Because it cuts to Dave Schultz's funeral. And this is this was the quote, right? Uh, I felt like Dave was a best friend, but he had a thousand of these. Anyone who developed a relationship with Dave felt like that. And what about what his son said? Look, while I heard all of these great things about my dad, I didn't really know him. And that's the shittiest part of all of this. Oh, that broke your heart. I was just thinking, why is there a half-eaten bowl of pasta in the shop? Did you see that on the table? I did I was see just, that, why, yeah. Why is there... You, you, you mm. as a director, you select the shot. What, what do they need to convey that this pasta's there? That he's, I don't know. Yeah, the pasta was that, weird. That threw me and, off. and here's what I thought about Dupont. Right, most of the way through it, he's wearing a tracksuit. And here's what, I, here's, here's the short bit I got to. If I ever meet a guy and he's wearing a tracksuit, like a two piece, I wear tracksuit tops all the time. But if he's a two piece tracksuit wearer, the geezer's dodgy. Simple as that. The two piece thing makes sense to me. Yeah, if it's what you'd wear a no, two-piece no, no. tracksuit. Your 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 theory oh, on oh. oh yeah, if you've got a two-piece tracksuit, you're a dodgy geezer. But then, so this is this is when it gets slightly bleak. So uh, you get told that he is going to. <laughs> oh, no, hang on, Rick. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> My mate Dave has already been killed, and now it gets slightly bleak. Where is your heart? Who are you more like in this story to think that Dave Schultz is your friend? Are you like Dupont or one of the wrestlers there, Matt? <laughs> no, I'm one of the wrestlers. You're not, you're Dupont. You're like he's my friend. I almost, <laughs> <laughs> I almost wanted. I, I thought I want a cauliflower ear like every single wrestler in I, this. Film. I'll never forget. It was like Joe Rogan or Bill Burr was saying that if you're gonna, if someone starts a fight with you, check their ears. That's a rule in America. Yes. Because every wrestler has ming and cauliflower ears, like they are just destroyed by it, and it just yeah, it's not someone you want to mess with if they do. But basically, there's a divide between the wrestlers of who leaves and who stays, and the guys mm-hmm. who stay, they can tell they feel bad, but they don't have a financial option, so no, they're stuck, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the the trial starts, and they're going to plead insanity, which I think is a wise defense. Given yeah. all, yeah, yeah. like I thought, uh, I thought they'd get it. To be honest, honestly, thought they'd get an insanity plea for him. Because if he got an insanity plea, he'll be acquitted for murder, and then he'll just be in a medical yes. facility until the doctors deemed he was safe and which normal. Until the doctors yeah. had a new house on the Fox Cancer Ranch, which would have cost, took about a week, yeah, yeah. he would have been straight out. So you worry about that, and then you see what he's doing for the trial. So he's clean shaven, and then seven weeks later, he's grew a mental beard. Again, he is Mr. Burns. When you see Mr. Burns go all Howard Hughes and yeah. grows the beard, he is just Montgomery, Charles Montgomery Burns is exactly who this guy is. But D- DuPont's lawyer, right, is uh, the the epitome of a shit of a lawyer because he gives an interview on the on the media saying it's just terrible that, you know, People claimed they were John's friends and and in his hour of need, they've just left him. Yeah, that's because he murdered Dave, for God's sake. And not just that, been torturing people and like mentally torturing, like the, the fear for your security and stuff on that farm where he's running around with an Uzi, just firing it into the sky. Yeah. Decides one day you can't have black people on the wrestling team. They've all got to go. Oh, it's, dis- it, like, uh, it's, it's insane. The, the geezer was, and no one said anything again because of 
rich guy privilege. And one of the lawyers on the uh, they were interviewing said, I've never been involved in a case where we had this much money before. We had the best lawyers, the best psychiatrists probably in the world. We were even able to run a few focus groups to see what they thought of John. You, what? <laughs> this is a murder trial and you're running focus groups to see if you're Legal arguments will stand up. American defense lawyers are some are people that you're going to become. You're going to see a few a week. I'll tell you that right now, Matt, because they are so. <laughs> it's not like over here. They're not wearing the, the <laughs> dusty wigs and being polite. They are turning up in cowboy hats and they are telling their story to the jury like they're in devil's advocates. Fucking amazing. Oh, it was brutal. So, and the, the drawings of the of the court proceedings, they were excellent. Yeah, they were they? really great. I didn't know the Amer- I thought that was just a, an English thing that we did. No, it's American not. That's a, that, that apparently that's a that's a global thing then. But so then you so he gets found guilty. Thankfully, uh, Dupont dies in jail. Yes, and he does. He did fourteen years in jail, and he died age seventy. And he wanted to be. He got buried in his foxcatcher wrestling singlet. Did you see what Dave's daughter said? That was. Oh, I'd say it was sad that he died. Me. Well, she said, yeah, look, she goes, I didn't want him to die in prison. Um, and she goes, when my dad died, everybody mourned him. And when John DuPont died, there was no one to mourn him. There was no one to love him. In fact, everyone was happy. And she goes, I found that really sad. It was, that was, the humanity she's got for the for the guy who killed her dad was that was overwhelming. Uh, there's some Mike there's some Newcastle fans who think Mike Ashley's done a good job. You just can't trust people's opinion, Matt. Right. <laughs> so always back to Mike Ashley with you. Well, there is there's, there's a contrarian. If everyone tells you something something, get back eventually someone's going to go, oh, I actually think the other thing, because that makes me interesting. They're clearly been through a lot and the sun says uh, has a has a oh, chilly yeah. thing saying like people are temporary. And you just, it's just horrific yeah. what happened to the family. It ended to be cut out because yeah. the sole heir to the DuPont fortune goes to the wow. Bulgarian Beardsley, Valentino. He, he gets yeah, everything. Val- Valentino, yeah, Valentini uh, Jordanov was uh, John DuPont's primary heir. What he did is he played rich guy past the parcel and the music stopped on him. Because every. <laughs> That's exactly. Because John obsessed with all of the wrestlers. And he'd go, he'd be Schultz's best friend, Rain's best friend. And then. And then little Bulgarian's like, hey, I own everything yeah. now. Uh, Nancy Schultz, uh, Dave's wife, who was, I thought she was, her strength was amazing. She was actually an executive producer in this documentary. Yeah, it's good to get the story out and, and good of her to go back to where it happened just for the sake of the footage yeah. and stuff. And walked around, yeah. And um, I just, her strength really comes along. And, and as well as her love, she seems like a really bubbly, you know, lovely person. And then did you, did you watch the credits till the end? Do you know what? I didn't. Because, oh, Rick, why are you? Come on, you're professional or what? Hit me with it. Sorry, if I can leave five minutes early from work, I do. If I go, I think I know what's happening. (laughs) I've got a good take on uh... this. I think QPR's getting promoted. (laughs) I'll give Matt a call now. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So the final credit on the film says, in loving memory of Dave Leslie Schultz, June 6th, 1959 to January 26th, 1996. Oh, I thought it was going to be like where are they now? Things that I'd missed out on, like no, it was just and it was it was the final. It's the final shot of the film. So all the credits have been run, and it just says that. Did, was there another oh, Schultz that was, brother that wasn't in the documentary? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark. I Schultz. wouldn't mind hearing yeah. about that, but that, that's that's pretty much us wrapped up a board. Well, now. A, there are actually a, there's a there's a few more documentaries that cover d- different angles of this. Um, yeah, because I started, I started looking into. Here's it. what I want to see: I want to see the full DVD of the over seventies indoor wrestling championship. <laughs> Here's what I want to see. <laughs> well, I watched the uh, I watched the trailer of the film because uh, you can watch that on Amazon. Uh, for, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free. So I watched it, and now obviously I've seen John Dupont in real life. I then watched Mark Carroll, uh, sorry Steve Carroll, do his John Dupont impression. Nails it, man. So uh, Steve Carell, uh, actually, he got an Oscar nomination for it. And he's just just he's just watching the trailer. It, unfortunately, the trailers on Amazon are shit. So go and watch the proper trailer. I think trailer. that's why I never checked the full movie. I didn't see what was in it. Do you know what I mean? 
But like, yeah, it doesn't cover anything. Like, it's an awful trailer on Amazon. Same as every trailer. On Shawshank Amazon. tanked at the box office because you couldn't get a trailer that showed you why Shawshank was good. Mm, great film. Oh yeah, I, I also think uh, Valentino looks very much Tony Montana at the end in the big house. Very much, yeah, with his dog there. All in all, I found it an incredibly well-made documentary. Very, very sad um, at the, the ending. Yeah, I've, I genuinely, because <laughs> my empathy levels are so high, I feel like I've lost a friend. Oh, my God. Um, and I only finished watching it this morning, so I'm still in mourning. Um, and I know, I, know which, I know which documentary is next, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my score for this one, you know, this is becoming a common theme. I'm loving these documentaries that you're choosing. More so, I'd say, than the ones I'm picking. I'm going to give this a five. I, I'd give it more if I could, because I think it was just brilliantly made, brilliantly shot. The footage was lovingly put together. Yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about this documentary. The empathy it brought out in me was incredible. Yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, just watch it. Or, or at least go watch the film after listening to this. I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, uh, I'm going to give it about as solid as I can as a four. Like it's, That's a nine out of ten for Foxcatcher, I thought. Wow. Decent. I'd recommend it to anyone. It's not too long. It's concise. It doesn't take you around the houses with the story. The footage is amazing. Mm. And the first-hand accounts, and to really put yourself in that situation of being a behest of this lunatic rich guy who, again, it's it's rich guy past the parcel. Look what happened for Valentino compared to Dave Schultz. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just fascinating story, particularly if you're from the UK because you haven't heard any of this. This is probably yeah. like uh, the equivalent of a document about Raoul Maud in this country. Everyone would pretty much know yeah. what happened. But if they had footage of Gaza showing up, then I'd definitely want to watch it. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's for another time. But so, yeah, 9 out of 10 for Foxcatcher. And am I right in thinking it's Blackfish next on the docket? So next on the docket is Blackfish. Um, I've watched the trailer. Uh, I'm not happy. I can't believe I didn't squeeze one of mine in as an amuse-bouche to palate cleanse me from well, this. Because you need but, your happy uh, Friday. Well, we're bulk recording one a day at the minute, and we need to finish on a high yeah. match. So I'd, yeah, otherwise my weekends are trashed. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not allowed to, but I'm going to be wearing black for the rest of today. <laughs> <laughs> So come back and join us next time. Uh, I will say goodbye. I'm Matt Wills. Goodbye, Rick. Thanks very much for listening. Appreciate all the reviews and comments as well. That's really that's really coming in well. Brilliant. Join us next time and carry on leaving the reviews, the comments. Be nice, be kind, and press the share button. Cheerio. <laughs>